We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Tavani, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we will be talking with a very special guest, Kirk D'Amico, who is the director of the film The Croods, which will be released into stores this week. And we have with us Kirk. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind The Croods? Okay, so the inspiration of The Croods really was about almost nine years ago, if you can believe that. I was brought over to DreamWorks to look at some projects when I was writing at that point with uh, John Cleese, who's an English comedian of great fame. And (laughs) there was a project they had that uh, was very interesting. It was really just a one-page kind of thing about cavemen, and it was all about basically the idea and playing off the themes of of new versus old and change versus uh, conservative values and staying behind and kind of uh, just being – just being more of a Luddite when it comes to technology. And we just thought that was really interesting because it was so cool that to talk about a world where technology was changing all the time because we feel like that's something we have to keep up with in our world. And we thought it was very relatable. So it started there really at DreamWorks. Wow. And what's it like, you know, because when I think of films and people who work on films, it's almost like, you know, your baby, like you watch it grow and then you sort of put it in front of the world to be judged by everyone. So what was it like for you and the rest of the cast and crew when you got such positive feedback and reinforcement for the job you've been working on for so long? You know, it was absolutely fantastic. And the best thing was, is when we first really saw it with the audience, First time we saw the finished film with an audience, we see it a lot before it's finished in test screenings and stuff, half finished, just making sure everything's working. But the first time we saw the finished film with the audience was actually at the Berlin Film Festival in a giant theater, about almost, I think, 2,500 people. It was the most people we'll ever see the movie with. And all of them spoke German. And (laughs) it was a second language. But they absolutely loved it. And they cheered and they laughed at the jokes. And the kids, I would see who were reading the subtitles if they didn't speak English, you know, well enough to, to, ca- to, to catch on would read the, read the subtitles and then laugh at the end of the jokes. It was just a really fun experience and just so cool to see it in a different country connecting with an audience. Yeah. That sounds so incredible because really, I mean, even if the language isn't, you know, there, the, comedy and like I mean I think the film is so touching and I saw it with my family and me and my dad both cried and like I so I think that's awesome that it was able to carry over into a different language into a different country yeah it's a super cool thing we've been around we took the the movie around the world like you know it's opening mm -hmm. great in China it just there's something about animation I think that allows people to engage no matter what culture you're part of you know because Our movie, there's nothing. The minute there's dubbing or something, it's not American in any yeah. way. And people make it their own because family is a, a universal theme. Absolutely. You can, yeah, the family is definitely something that everyone can, you know, relate to. Uh, so speaking of relating to the film, do you yourself relate to the Croods? Uh, I do. I relate very much to Grug because never not be afraid is not just a line in the movie. It's the motto of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I approach things very timidly um, with yeah. a lot of with a lot of trepidation. Uh, but the uh, but the you know, the message of the movie at the very end is, is that, you know, you have to while it's good to, you know, it's good to 
be a, a person of your history and to respect where you come from and your traditions of the family, it does change does happen and change will come for you and you have to kind of change with the times. And that was something that I think is was I was always keyed into. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been curious as to what it's like directing an animation as compared to directing a live action film. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, the big thing I think most of all is that is is about pace. A live action film, you are on set for 20 weeks, 24 weeks, whatever it is. Everybody is at the same place at the same time. You got your set directors, your actors, your lighting people. Our movies take much longer to make, and nobody is ever in the same same place at the same time. So we go see the actors, and we see them alone. We record their voices basically in a vacuum in a recording booth, and then we take it back to our studio. We show it to the animators. Now they get to work. And then once the animation's done, we show it to the lighting guys. So it just it's a different process, but I think the cool thing about it, and that's why I think DreamWorks does such a great job with all their films, is that it becomes a much more collaborative experience because along the way it's a little bit slower so you can spend more time and everybody gets a chance to put their voice into the film. Absolutely. Well, I think directing an animation would be incredible because it's, it's such a different experience. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and I am your host. And today we are talking with Kirk D'Amico, who is the director of The Croods. So Kirk was just telling me all about what it's like directing an animation as compared to directing a live action film and how he relates to the film. So how do you think the average family can relate to The Croods and all of like the different interesting characters you threw into the family? Oh, wow. You know, I think that the the funnest part, and you know, this was pretty, pretty much the first DreamWorks animated family film that actually featured an entire family. You know, mm -hmm. usually we make movies about, you know, friends, families of friends or, you know, motherless characters or fatherless yeah. characters. It's always, and we have, it's a very odd thing in animation, but we have not only one parent, but both parents. Yeah. And we even have a grandmother and a little baby. So... I think that that's the real cool part of it is that everybody has an entry point to under to kind of you know root for somebody to root for it might be, you know somebody they're rooting for that reminds them of themselves or maybe they're you know they're, they reminds them of their own grandmother or their older sisters. Yeah. I think that that was the fun part. Absolutely, it's funny that you bring that up because my mom she's always like, how come the mother always dies in cartoons and animations? Like, how come that's an aspect that they have to work off of? So I think it's awesome because in this uh, film. So there's sort of little dynamics that everyone can relate to, even if your family isn't exactly like the crudes, like the dynamic between um, the father and the daughter and the mother and the father and all these different things are definitely things that people can relate to. Yeah. And, and the mother thing, we thought a lot about that because we were doing it. We asked that same question your mom asked. And, and we actually came up with an answer, we believe, and Chris, my co-director and I, it seems like it feels like once there's a mother in a picture that she will always say the sensible thing and it will short circuit the movie because our movies are about people making giant mistakes in their lives yes. and having to fix them. And the minute your mom's there, she'll be like, don't do that. And you're like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, don't run away. You're like, oh, okay. And then once you say don't run away, there's no more movie because the end movie's of film. The end of film. So mothers are too sensible for, yes. for they're too they're too too sensible of people. That's awesome. Um, so what is like the biggest challenge and also reward behind being a director and, you know, working so hard on a film and seeing like the final project product of it? Well, the biggest challenge for us is really just it takes over, you know, four years and there's 400 people on our crew. And it's just the big one of the biggest challenges is just keeping the momentum and keeping everybody on the crew, uh, you know, excited about the project because, it takes so long to make it. You have to constantly remind everybody and we have to remind ourselves what is it that's important, you know, because you can get very lost in the detail. So it's very important for us to remember the big story, the big picture and constantly remind ourselves of what we're trying to do with the movie. Um, and but the great thing, you know, the reward of it is, is that when these movies do work, you know, they touch a very wide audience. And that's the fun yeah. part. You know? So I think that that's that's the special thing about animation for me. Absolutely. Well, this film definitely worked. <laughs> so <laughs> what was it like working um, with the actors and the film and the voice actors? And what was sort of the process behind getting them into the studio and having them you know, record the voices for these characters? 
Oh yeah, it was it was the you know we we were very very lucky because Chris and I made our list of everybody we wanted and lo and behold we actually got every actor we wanted which is very That's rare. Awesome, yeah. it was so amazing, and it was it's so much fun because um Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds this was their first feature animation voice at work and mm-hmm. you know they didn't exactly know what to expect and I think they were like pleasantly surprised because it's much different than live action um, acting in the sense that. We can we go into a booth and we record for four hours and we let them discover where they want to go. We encourage ad libs. We encourage improvisation. Whereas on a regular set, you might not be able to you know do that because of everybody's yeah. time and how much you know you have to get the lines that are there. But we actually can. So it became a really great thing, and I think that's what gave the really the illusion of spontaneity to the movie is that there's so much improvising and so much ad libbing that came from Nick and Emma and Ryan and you know, Clark and, and Cloris Leachman that it just gave that, it gave the vibe that they really were a family. Absolutely. Well, you obviously made it an enjoyable experience for them because now Ryan Reynolds is going on to do the voice of Turbo in DreamWorks Turbo. So obviously he enjoyed it quite a bit to go ahead yeah. and do that. So good job. You, nice. you may nice. have just created the next big voice actor. I, I like, I like making Ryan Reynolds happy. It's good. For me. Yes. Yes, I think everyone, everyone would enjoy that. Yeah, he's he's a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. Absolutely. Well, Kirk, thank you so much for being with us today and telling us a little bit about your experience with um, the Croods and all about the inspiration behind it. We really appreciate it. So, guys, be sure to go check out the Croods, and it is coming out on DVD this week. So, Kirk, again, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thanks very much. Awesome. Awesome. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Brianna Hope Beaton. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today, we are interviewing 
Kirk D'Amico, director of The Croods, reviewing the films Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Croods. So how are you, Anthony? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. Baldy? I'm doing good. And Stacy? I'm fine. <laughs> I really, really, really love this film. I saw it, I think, about a week ago, and I just absolutely loved it. So, Anthony, can you tell our listeners about what it is about? Well, this movie is all about a guy named Flint who has a machine which, well, after it exploded, somehow did not explode. And it was operating to make animal food, which was trying to learn how to swim so they could evade the mainland. Flint has to find his machine so he could shut it down and destroy all the food animals. But Sam, Manny, Brent, and Earl... It's a bad idea, but Chester V is Flint's hero, so he will only listen to him. Oh, don't. I mean, I always see, I not always see this plotline, but in a lot of movies or, like, books, it's always, like, they only listen to the guy that they look up to, and then, like, they really lose sight of what's important. So I really like this film for that reason. So, Valdi, do you think it, do you think this film was easy to follow along? were very easy to follow along but like a part there's a part where I didn't know really the association with Brent and Flint and that that part just kind of like wasn't clear to me and that was probably like the only part that I didn't really understand well at least it's not all of it didn't understand because then it'd be like well I didn't understand any of it so (laughs) yeah but it's good so, Stacy, what did you think of the voiceovers? Because voiceovers are a big part of animation. Well, I thought that the voiceovers were really good, and the characters did their voice so well. You couldn't even tell it was actually a, a real, like, adult doing it. It was just mm-hmm. so funny, and, yeah, the voiceover just seemed beautiful for everyone to watch uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs and Valdi, what did you think about the voiceovers? Um, well, as she said, I thought they were amazing, you know, uh, because it's basically the whole, like, cast is, like, they're not, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. they're, like, all adults, and so the fact that their voices could sound so different <laughs> than what they actually yeah. sound was pretty cool. Yeah, totally transforming your voice into another thing. So, Anthony, who's your favorite character and why? Um, my favorite character, um, in this movie is Flint, because he is so funny and awesome, because he does so many cool things that are amazing, and why he's funny is because he does really, well, really, like, really, just really, really weird things, and he (laughs) names his adventures really, really weird. Yeah, like, throughout the film, and throughout even the first one, he's like, really random but it's not too random that it doesn't make sense but it's just random at funny moments to like lighten it up so I, I've always liked that character so Stacy, how about you? Well I actually thought that it was um, it was really fun too because yeah it was just like one of those movies where it's so much fun and the characters are great and I just love that <laughs> I think we all love it can, wait, I'm speaking for all three of you, and tell me if I'm wrong, but we all kind of love this film. Yeah, yeah you're okay. definitely right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was waiting for someone to be like, no, I, I hated it, but we all love it. So so how about the food animals, Stacey? Because there's, there's a lot of animals that turn in foods. Um, what? Well, in this movie, there are food animals, and... It kind of like foods turn into animals. So how did you think about that? Well, I thought that it was really cool because, you know, it's like it's because having food animals is great because, you know, it's just one. uh, It's just so amazing. (laughs) I thought that the creation of food animals that they had in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 is really good because it's not like some movies where they just have a bunch of 
animals and they just call them like names of food it's it's like it has a lot of imagination inside the movie and i thought that that was really great yes i also love the food animals so we share the same interest (laughs) you're listening to the voice america kids network i'm your co-host brianna hope beaton and i'm your co-host raven devaney and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are interviewing Kirk D'Amico, director of The Crudes, reviewing the films Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Crudes, and Salinger. So right now let's continue speaking with Anthony, Valdi, and Stacy about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. And we were just talking about the foodables, about how it, it used a lot of creativity and imagination. So I thought that was cool. So Valdi, this film since it's an animation a lot of people think that animations don't have a lot of emotion because it's not people actually like doing those things that the characters are doing but how did you think about the animation i mean not the animation the emotions well there were there were actually like a lot of emotions like yeah you're right most people think that movies that are like animations like don't have emotions and stuff in it but when you really like think about it and really pay attention to the movie like there's all those feelings that there's happiness there's being confused there's like um like you know and just they're just very this film was amazing because of that because it's one of those animations where there are emotions and it's not just about people going to an island finding food animals there's actually like a meaning behind that (laughs) yeah it wasn't a two-second movie it was a very it was a about an hour and a half and it had very good emotions yeah so anthony how did you think about i mean did you find a message or a lesson in this movie um, well, I think I found one lesson, it's like, just because you were a fan of somebody doesn't mean you can always trust them. So true, my man. <laughs> so true. And, Valdi, what is your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene is probably when they get to Swallow Falls, and they see, like, all of the animals, and right away, there's so amazed and like it's they're marveled by everything that surrounds them and i just i think that it was great because um that was that was my favorite part because because it's just beautiful it's like the island has changed from the first time you see it to the time when there's vegetation and animals and everything in it yeah, it's it's like it's completely a turnaround. It's a three sixty. So my favorite scene. Well, I have a lot of favorite scenes, but I think I feel like saying this one. So I'm going to say this one um, is when um, Barry, like the little strawberries, tries to say Sta- Sam Sparks' name, and it comes out like Saspa, and it's like so adorable. So, so Stacy, how many stars do you give this film? Um, I would give this film five stars out of five because really everything that we've talked about and how great and amazing this movie was, I would definitely give it five stars out of five for everyone. And how about you, Anthony? Um, I would probably give it five out of five, same thing, because it is amazing. There's nothing really bad about it. I just loved it. Well, I loved it too, and it was it was awesome. I can just say that. So, Valdi, what age range do you give this film? Well, this movie is more of a family movie because, like, it's 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 an animation, you know. Like, it's so it's amazing, and everyone can watch it because there's nothing not appropriate. It it's all it's age appropriate. So, like, probably like five to six and up but like the monsters some of the monsters get pretty like um like there are really big monsters even though they're food monsters like <laughs> they're pretty scary but they protect can still be scary like, yeah so it's probably a family movie yeah for the family and friends so that you can all have laughter together 
Well, Anthony, Valdi, and Stacy, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, too. You're welcome. welcome. (laughs) It comes out in theaters on September 27th, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Brianna Hobiton. And I'm your co-host, Raven Devani. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And I'm your co-host, Brianna Hobiton. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the film, The Croods, and I have with me the lovely Brianna. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm awesome, and we were just talking with the director of The Croods, Kirk D'Amico. So now we're going to be talking about the actual film, which I personally love. So, Brianna, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about the film, The Croods? I shall. Well, Eep is... Well, Eat Voice of Emma Stone and her family are like classic cave people. Like they have like the bones as knocker yeah. people classic. things out. <laughs> it's classic. So uh, they grunt when they get mad, and and they and they grunt when they're happy. <laughs> they grunt whenever they need to. So they're stuck in a cave by their like father, like leader type thing, and yeah. his name is Grug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voice of Nicholas Cage, I believe. Nick Cage. And, He's yeah. awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. Little fangirl moment. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason Grug is like really protective is because he doesn't want anyone to get hurt. I mean, when your parents talk to you and they give you rules, they don't want you to get hurt. So this is basically what he's doing. And but Eep, their oldest daughter, is not liking the whole protection thing and she finds that the earth is starting to crumble and they have to get to high ground to survive so yes yes (laughs) it is a awesome film in my opinion i think it's awesome and it's animated and it's in 3d which is super cool but if you get it on dvd and blu-ray it's not in 3d but originally it was in 3d (laughs) and the animation is awesome either way um so what do you think of the animation in this film 
I thought it was really good. Like when I saw this, it was I I got there like three seconds before the movie actually started. Wow, good job. Yeah, I'm awesome. Um, but when I got there, it like just started, so I went from seeing like the act like actual trees and stuff the actual world yeah the actual world to seeing animated things it was such a difference but Mm -hmm. it it's not like they try to make it seem like it's real it's like yeah like do you get what i'm saying because they're not trying to make it seem real it's like they take animation and they make it their best yeah so i thought this film was this film was really good because of animation yeah in this film one thing that i really liked about the animation and just like the overall visuals of the film was like the design of the characters you know because like i mean cavemen like in all the like drawings you see of cavemen they have like the big foreheads and they like walk on sort of all fours sometimes and they're like sort of hunched over and just really like big and thick people because like they need to fight lions and stuff um i don't i don't really know what cavemen did they fought lions in my mind anyway i thought it was cool because they they really accentuated those features so they didn't try to make them look like modern day people or really even realistic cavemen they accentuated all of like the stereotypical cavemen features and it was like really funny because then each one of the characters you're like oh that guy is funny because he has like a big a head and like a mouth. huge tooth yeah you know like yes. a tooth that's the size of half of his face so I thought that was kind of cool <laughs> oh gosh what did you think of like the animals because that that was one thing that I loved about this film was the animals because they they, they weren't even real animals they were like yeah a hybrid between two different <laughs> animals there was like a bird turtle which was really cool and oh, those gosh. whale heads that like walked and like ate oh. things and then there was like these crazy like cannibal birds not cannibal birds because they didn't eat each other but these crazy like birds that ate everything but it was like oh and there was also like a rainbow tiger which i thought was really cool i just thought it was really cool visually because it was stuff that doesn't actually exist but it they made it look so cool so what did you think of them well i thought that like part of your reason because they had to make up these things they had to make up these animals it's not just like oh we can use a dog let's just draw a dog and just put it in there they had to match it up and and if you think about it some animals won't go together because they physically just can't go together yeah so they I think they made it really interesting how they put things together like two by two and um I also like the visuals because it wasn't too detailed where it was like oh I could see I could see a pimple on the turtle bird but <laughs> or like every grain of like hair yeah, on like, like the you don't, tiger you don't want to yeah. see that because then you then you lose interest in the movie and it's like whoa I can see hair it's on their crazy. heads yeah so I thought it was good I also really liked all of the colors too which I yes. thought was very pretty everything was very, very colorful very and very beautiful yeah so <laughs> awesome so pretty all around <laughs> yeah. you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network I am your co-host Raven Vanny. And I'm your co-host, Brianna Hopiton. And we have been talking with a very special guest, Kirk D'Amico, director of The Croods, reviewing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, which is out in theaters now, talking about The Croods and the new film, Salinger. So right now, we are talking about the film, The Croods, um, and we were just talking about how pretty it is, and <laughs> the animation is really awesome, and the design of all of the characters and the animals, I think, is really awesome. So I let's agree. jump into... A little bit about stuff other than what it looks like what did you think of the emotion in this film and sort of the relationships in the family because that was something that I really liked and a lot of family movies there's sort of like the typical dynamic um and in this movie there's the mom the dad the um mother-in-law which I thought was so funny that Greg was always like can she just die already because there's yes. sort of like in families there's like the stereotype that like the in-laws you know are yeah. like annoying you don't really like them but nobody's like, I want to kill my in-laws. Like, but in this yeah. movie, it was like one of those things where it was okay because <laughs> she would like get into situations where she should have died, but she just like yes, always. She, and she'd awesome. always be like, I'm okay, and he'd be like, Oh, she'd be like, Oh god, she'd be like still breathing. <laughs> but what did you think of like the relationship between you know mother and father, siblings, father and daughter, which was what I thought was the most interesting relationship? But what's your opinion on that? Okay, well, I like the start of the movie where they're in like emotions and relationships are developed because she like tells the story about how oh yeah we were once like a a colony and then they died and then they died (laughs) so you know we're the only ones left 
And um, I thought that with, I think that the only relationship that they didn't have was with Eep and the mother-in-law. Yeah. They never had a relationship. So, um, I guess it wasn't important, you know? Like, it wasn't needed. Yeah. I get what you're saying. But with Grug and the mother-in-law, I think that was a very interesting one because he always wanted her to die, but she never did. It was very comical, even though it sort of sounds, like, morbid. It was very Really bad. (laughs) But it was funny. Yeah, but I loved the relationship between Eep and um, Her her father because, I mean, I'm a teenage girl, and me and my dad don't always see eye to eye, and he's definitely very protective around, like, boys and me having freedom and in this film Eep meets a guy named Guy and like Grug is like no no boys like what um what is this new thing what is this yeah um so I was sort of able to relate to like the relationship even though like obviously I'm not like a cave girl and I'm not like fighting for my life constantly but I thought this film addressed sort of the relationships of father-daughter which is something that you don't always see yeah because, like, in typical movies, it's, like, the Always mother dead. is dead and the father, like, abandons the daughter with, like, the evil stepmother. That's fairy tales. But, like, in most family movies, there's, like, a relationship between, like, the mother and daughter, not, like, father-daughter. So I thought that was cool and unique that they addressed that. But the relationship between Eep and Greg made me cry because, like, towards the end of the movie, it's super suspenseful and you don't know, like if Greg is going to make it and if like she'll ever see her father again and she finally realizes like how much she loves him and I was like oh my gosh that's so sad because like yeah even though my dad's not in like a life or death situation like how sad would it be if like all of a sudden he was on the opposite side of a rock and I may never see him again you know it was like one of those things where it was very emotional but I loved yeah it's like she just realized that yeah and it's sort of one of those things where it's like you need to realize how good you have it because it might not always be you know you might not always have people there and you need to appreciate loved ones in your lives before it's like oh I may never see this person again yeah um so tell me about the age rating you give this film and how many stars well I give this age rating 6 to 15 because all around it was a great movie it really was and it didn't have anything that um like it didn't this is really hard to explain (laughs) but it didn't have anything that was threatening to children I think but the only reason I don't place it to like 5 to 15 or 4 to 15 because at a certain age you understand more things than you did the year before yeah so it's like I don't think five-year-olds and four-year-olds would kind of get it because it's like well why are they running why why aren't they just staying so um that's why I do that and I also think 15 like after 16 to 17 it'd still be a good movie but like with your family yeah I think yeah definitely a good family film but like I went and saw it with my family, but it's not one of those films that I would, like, take my friends to go see, you know. But definitely, definitely if you're, you know, in elementary school or middle school, you'll love this film. And then any age, really, with your family, I think, is good. Oh, so, and five out of five. Five yes. out of five. I agree. I give it five out of five, too. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's take a break. We have just been talking about the film, The Crudes, and it is out on DVD and Blu-ray right now, so be sure to go check it out. Brianna, thank you for telling us all about that. Oh, you're welcome, darling. <laughs> let's take a break. I'm your co-host, Raven Devani. And I'm your co-host, Brianna Hopiton. And you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? 
Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your co-host, Brianna hope And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you're listening to Voice America Kids, and today we are interviewing Kirk D'Amico, director of The Croods, reviewing the films Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Croods, and Salinger. So right now we were speaking with Raven, talking about the film Salinger. So I have just talked to you, and <laughs> we're all awesome together. So <laughs> what is the great mystery of J.D. Salinger about? Um, so Salinger is an intense and educational look into the reclusive life of J.D. Salinger. And Salinger um, is a very well-known author. Um, he wrote his novel Catcher in the Rye, which came out um, in the 60s. And it is like one of those films that are one of those books that is like so influential. Like it's required in most middle schools and high schools to read because it was like such an influential novel when it came out. And it sort of like was the talk of the nation like he sort of became an overnight success um wow so the film follows pretty much him from the time that he was um a young adult going through war and he um he was in world war ii uh-huh. he uh he was a short story writer also and so he wrote a lot of short stories and he was constantly trying to get them in the New York Times, and he got rejected a lot, so the film talks about his rejection, and then he also signed up for the war, and he got rejected with that also, so it was a, a film, a lot of sort rejection. of, it just follows, yeah, he went through a lot of rejection in his life, and he was kind of, like, I mean, he was very obsessive, and so it sort of just follows, like, his obsession and his rise yeah. to fame and his rejection and sort of, like, the demons in his life, really. Wow. It's so deep. I love how you end it. And the demons within his life. He did. He had so many demons in his life. Yes. Yeah. So this is obviously not one of... um, If you saw Steve Jobs, it's kind of like... It's a documentary, but not. It's like not written as a documentary. It's kind of just someone playing that character. But this is... This is an actual about, documentary. Yeah, this is an actual documentary about Salinger. So how do you think they did conveying Salinger's life? Really awesome. I actually really like the style of documentary um, because they had a bunch of interviews with, like, not just people that um, he knew because he knew a bunch of people, but it was interesting to see all of the people that he knew had, like, not talked to him for years because he was really obsessive and he was very protective over his writing. So if anybody came between him and his writing or if anybody disagreed with his writing or didn't like his writing, he would stop talking to them completely. Um, So a lot of the people that they conducted interviews with like, they were like, yeah, I haven't talked to him in, like, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. But they also t- talked to people that didn't know him personally. But mm-hmm. since he was such an influential writer, a lot of other writers know him, like, of him. And a lot of actors know of him. Um, so there was interviews with a lot of actors, like, very well-known actors, about, like, their opinion on him, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And, you always um, want to know the opinion of the book. Yeah, it was really cool. And Salinger, um, he wrote tons of stuff. So it wasn't just about Catcher in the Rye. It was about, like, all of his short stories. And he's written tons. <laughs> um, 
But it was also really cool because J.D. Salinger um, has passed away. He passed away in 2010. I'm actually not sure about that, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Um, but he was portrayed, cause, so obviously he wasn't in this film, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been in this film either way. Yeah. Um, I was right. It was 2010, January 27th of 2010. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. But um, but there was an actor who was sort of playing J.D. Salinger and not in a way where like he would be like speaking parts, but like people would be talking about J.D. Salinger and you would sort of just see like the back of this actor, like pretending to be writing a novel. So I thought it was cool because then it sort of like gave the sense of him. And like when it was talking about a traumatic time in J.D. Salinger's life, like the person writing the novel would get like really dramatic or like, you know, it was stuff like that. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Like pieces of it were of the actor and then pieces of it were like him. So. Yeah, and every time it was a piece of the actor, like, he wasn't out acting out what they were telling through the story. It was literally just him sitting <laughs> in, sitting, in sitting in a dark room with a screen on the background. And on the screen, there would be, like, interesting images, like, about his life, I guess, and stuff. But he was just, like, sitting at a typewriter with a cigarette in his mouth just typing really intensely, which was cool. It was cool to see. Intense typing. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. I've always wanted a typewriter. Like, yeah. I've always I want- wanted one. And being like, yeah, I'm typing on a typewriter. You jealous? You know you are. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about the timepiece, like, uh, like pictures and videos in this film? Because as I saw the trailer, I saw that it had, like, like, of course he was videoed. I mean, mm-hmm. not videoed. That's a weird word. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Got you. Yeah, eye to eye. Um, I... Like, I thought, I, I saw, like, his time period and him, like, I guess, walking out of a building or, or doing something other than that or, or or really just standing there. So I thought that was cool. So how did you think about, how did you think about the time pictures after, after that? Yeah, well, he hated to be photographed, actually. He hated it because he wanted people to focus on his work and not him, necessarily. Like, he wanted yeah. his work to be known and not himself. So a lot of the pictures were, like, of the back of his head because people, <laughs> like, stalk him and take pictures of him. But I thought it was really cool to see images of him and videos of him. The only really uh, videos of him were some uh, videos of him in World War II. And in this film, um, it was the first time it had ever been seen. Like, nobody had ever seen it before. So I thought they did a really good job piecing together images of him because they were very sparse. Uh, sparse. <laughs> Love your wording. <laughs> You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your co-host, Brianna hope And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you're listening to Voice America Kids, and today we are interviewing Kirk D'Amico, director of The Croods, reviewing the films Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, The Croods, and Salinger. So right now, let's continue speaking with the wonderful Raven about Salinger, and we were just speaking about some of the images and like little pictures and photos and videos of J.D. Sal- Salinger and how he never liked to be taken pictures. Yeah, he was, he was very reclusive. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, see, that's not me. I, yeah. I, if I see a camera, I'd be like, take a picture of me. One thing, you know you want to. Yeah, one thing about Salinger, though, that I thought was interesting is he he definitely was a little off. He definitely, pro- I mean, I'm pretty sure he had some mental disability, not disabilities, but disorders. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure he probably had like some mental illness um, for sure. And I feel like in his writing, he sort of worked through like his writing was sort of his therapy like in his writing he would write short stories called like I'm crazy or like the death of a blot like all of these different things and it was sort of like talking like each one of his characters was like a piece of him so every time his work would get criticized it was like he was being criticized and the thing is though when he went away to World War II he was in combat for like 200 days straight and they Mm. were saying like anybody who sees that amount of death for 200 days straight is going to go insane and he was going already, to go off yeah he was already a little bit crazy so when he came back from the war he was just really over the edge and the first um book he wrote or short story he wrote when he came back from world war ii was titled i'm crazy and it was wow. all about like um a man in world war ii who was crazy and it was like i wonder who that's about um <laughs> but it was definitely it was definitely one of those things that was like that was really interesting to see him sort of go crazy and also how they portrayed the war I mean I I think this film should be for ages 16 and up I just want to put that out there because one it is like a mature mature discussion about his life Um, and I don't think like most you know preteens and younger kids would be interested in like hearing about this guy's crazy life (laughs) craziness in World War II 
Yeah, and about all the books he wrote, like Catcher in the Rye, what he wrote, um, there were three murders that happened, and um, all of the people that, like, committed the murders, like the assassination of John Lennon and the assassination of JFK and the assassination of this um, young actress back in the 60s, everybody who committed these assassinations said they did it because of Catcher in the Rye. So that must have made him go even more crazy because it's like if somebody, like, killed someone because I wrote a book like that would be crazy to me so there were definitely some mature topics and there was also a lot of images from um, World War II like actual videos and I'm sorry but World War II was really really intense um, with all the concentration camps and everything and they didn't show footage of um, Salinger at any of the concentration camps because I don't think there was any footage of him but they showed footage of him um like, or they showed footage of concentration camps, and I think a lot of people can't handle that. And um, I personally, like, have been really fascinated with, like, the whole idea of World War II. And so I've done research on it, so I'm sort of not used to the images, but, like, yeah. I was able to handle them. But, like, my mom saw the movie with me, and she was, like, covering her eyes and freaking out. So definitely take caution when you're watching this film. It's definitely a mature film, and I think 16 and up is best. Yeah, I, um, uh, a few, um... Like, I think last year we did World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. and, like, we did in history. And I, I could safely say that World War One was the first one, but I, I think World War Two was the roughest. Yeah, definitely. So, Anytime. <laughs> definitely yes. check it out. It's in theaters now. And it's awesome, and it's super educational, and it's really entertaining. And it inspired me <laughs> to read Catcher in the Rye and some of his other works. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so please check it out. Thanks so much for joining with us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. And to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm your co-host, Brianna hope And I'm your co-host, Raven Devaney. And you're listening to Voice America Films. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of C, we'll see you again next week. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon appetit! We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 